Welcome to Prince Track by Track, I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Solo from Come. And Solo is spelt S-O-L-O, but as with many of the titles on this uh, album, in particular the next track, um, Prince seems to be squashing words together just to make uh, single word titles. So the word Solo is, I'm guessing, meant to also be So-L-O-W. Uh, it was recorded in mid to late May 1993 at Paisley Park and released on the 9th of August 1994, a few days ahead of the album release, as the B-side for Let It Go. On the track, it is just Prince by himself, um, with what sounds like a harp, but I don't think Prince knows how to play the harp, so I'm guessing that's some kind of synthesizer that is creating the harp sound. And this song was co-written by David Henry Huang, uh, the writer of M. Butterfly, which in itself is astonishing uh, but we'll get into how that came about later on once we start talking about the song the song itself is three minutes 48 and joining me to talk about it is russell irick hello russell hello uh yeah so um for a genre i mean i don't know what to say um it's really weird because this this was actually a prince had spoken to david henry huang um at that kind of some event prince had the idea of writing a musical um, okay. And he 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 wrote a few songs which uh, remain on um, other albums uh, that kind of eventually trickled out. Uh, he had the idea of writing a musical and thought that, you know, David Henry Huang, who at the time, you know, had quite a reputation on Broadway. He was like, well, maybe if I, I go to New York, speak to him, he'll be able to tell me how to kind of get a musical made. Um, and while doing that, he said to to um, to Mr. Huang, he said, uh, can you write me a poem about loss? Uh, because he wanted to use it as like a spoken word interlude um, as, as part of this musical. And so he did. He wrote the lyrics of Solo um, and he faxed them to Paisley Park. And um, a few days later, uh, this is obviously, you know, May 1993. Um, suddenly a cassette came in the post and Prince had recorded the song. Um, you know, he'd, he'd sung it rather than spoke it. And obviously he'd added the the kind of the the harp sound underneath. Um, and then, you know, apparently David Henry Wang was not fully aware of what was going on with this song until he got a notification through um, that he was receiving a co-writing credit and it was going to be on the album Come. And, and he was not paid for his contribution. Um, <laughs> you know, so yeah. So he, I don't know, it's really weird because... Uh, whatever the musical was, Prince eventually abandoned it. There are a few songs, like I said, that kind of showed up later on that, that were kind of meant to be part of this musical idea. Um, and around this time, you know, he also had a, a musical out uh, called Glam Slam Ulysses, uh, which used songs from this album. And there was kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's, I spoke about it on an earlier track because that track was actually more kind of relevant to... Um, you know the actual musical itself this is kind of such an odd thing for prince to do where he's like here's this acapella song based on a poem written by this kind of a, a really acclaimed you know kind of broadway uh you know musician who at the time you know the film m butterfly came out uh like october 93 
so you know shortly after prince had recorded this but you know before this was you know part of the album um, and david henry wang himself he's gone on to be a writer you know he wrote the the, the you know the screenplay for m butterfly um he's written uh, you know a, a couple of other um screenplays uh, bizarrely enough he's written he wrote one episode of the second season of the affair on showtime okay i don't know why he did that yeah I, it's uh, so i don't know i guess he's so kind of i mean he's he's able to almost like prince he's kind of able to kind of pick and choose and kind of do whatever he wants and so yeah. sometimes he's just like yeah i'll write an episode of a tv show or you know okay i'll uh you know i'll write a film i'll, I'll do i mean he he um he he wrote part of the screenplay for the adaptation of uh, Possession, directed by Neil LeBute in 2002. Okay. Which, again, is just kind of like a really odd choice. But, uh, yeah, so obviously, you know, he gets his reputation as, as, you know, someone who has written a number of plays and uh, and operas. And, you know, he's he's kind of, that's where, but the idea that he just faxed a poem to Prince one night and then a few days later, this is the song that emerged. I just I just love that. The fact that Prince is like, I'm thinking of writing a musical. And then he kind of gives that up. But he's like, send me a poem. <laughs> <laughs> so you started to say what genre it is. What do you think it is? I mean, if I had, I mean, I, I don't know if I to me, this kind of almost fits in the the kind of emo Prince, <laughs> you know, where he's kind of feeling really sad for himself. There's a few songs around this time where Prince kind of just feels sad for himself and it and it's almost kind of like emo, but uh, I don't know. It it feels like it's it's kind of meant to be like a, a ballad of some kind. Yeah, I think like it, the, it, I had so about halfway through it, I suddenly realized what it reminded me of, um, which I guess this is not exactly a genre, but it reminds me a lot of um, Nina Simone and yeah. and some of like her maybe like jazzier sort of free form singing uh, pieces, <laughs> uh, you know, and the, kind of the pace of it too. That was like where I went. I was like, I was imagining, I could easily imagine Nina Simone singing this song. I think I would like that version better, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, there's something about it that I was like, I wonder if he's trying to channel a little Nina on this. I don't know. It's, it's just really weird because, you know, obviously, uh, I mean, the, you know, the titles of the, the songs from this album are all single words. Okay. So you have, you know, come, space, pheromone, loose, Papa, Race, Dark, Solo, and then the next song, which is called Let It Go, but it's squished up into one word, so it's just Let It Go, and then you have... <laughs> I like that, like, I will not give up my naming convention, yeah. <laughs> no matter <laughs> and what. And then the, fi- the final track is uh, Orgasm. In case you were, weren't sure what this album was about, in case, in <laughs> yeah. case the title was like, I think Prince wants me to go with him. <laughs> You know, obviously the title of it, which is, you know, essentially is the opening two words, which is so low, which is and Prince doesn't sing it as solo. He sings it as the two words. Um, And in the final line, he'll he'll say, I'm so low, solo. So he he uses both versions of, you know, what what should be the title. Um, And he says, my name is no one, which is this is coming just as he changes his name um, to, you know, the unpronounceable symbol. Right. Um, Yeah. So. You know that that kind of meaning in the final line is kind of like, okay, Prince, we get it. You, you you're writing slave on your cheek, and you're calling yourself a different name. You know, you don't need to drive it home. <laughs> it also struck me as like maybe, I mean, I guess knowing that. So, did David Henry Wang write all of the lyrics, or did Prince mix it up, or do we just not really know? I think I don't think we completely know, but I think I think you know the idea is it started out as this. I mean, you can if you look at the structure of the lyrics, you can kind of see how it would work as a poem. Right. But then there's a few kind of repetitions that 
kind of turn it into a bit of a song. Well, yeah, and um, you, you, you. When I first listened to it, I forgot that David Henry Wang was involved in this. You had mentioned that to me back in the past. So by the time I listened to it, I'd totally forgotten about that. And I, my thought was, this sounds like Prince wrote a poem and then decided to just sing it. And he just kind of like turned on the mic and just sort of went for it. <laughs> like, that's how yeah. it kind of sounds is like <laughs> him just kind of like, I'm going to let's see what happens. Um, it sounds very improv improvisational to me, um, yeah. especially like right at the beginning. And when it started, I kind of laughed. I was like, this just sounds like, I don't know, like Gollum in a cave somewhere. Like, it just seems so <laughs> like... I, I, I well, cracked I mean, up about that. Interestingly enough, I do have um, the uh, the cassette single of "Let It Go," okay, um, you know, which was released on the 9th of August, nineteen ninety four, and on the credits on the inside here, it just says produced. I mean, bearing in mind that everything Prince did from like nineteen seventy eight onwards said produced, arranged, composed, and performed by Prince. That was like his standard credit for everything. Uh, and then occasionally he'd had the group names on, you know, Princeton Revolution, Princeton New Power Generation. Uh, but that was his standard one. But for Solo, it says produced, arranged and performed by Prince. But then it says composed by Prince with David Henry Huang. Um, so, you know, that suggests that, you know, obviously the idea came from David Henry Huang with the poem. Yeah. And then Prince kind of changed it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so I, d I don't think anyone's ever kind of said exactly how much involvement there was in terms of, you know, the writing. But I'm going to guess it was about 95 percent, you know, done before Prince got it. And then he obviously just kind of, uh, you know, made it suit the kind of performance. I'm, I'm betting David Henry Wang actually typed out Y. O U as opposed to just the letter U. <laughs> so I'm guessing yeah. at least Prince had to like retype certain things into his own uh, his own syntax. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know it starts with like Prince a cappella. Um, like we said, very it's very kind of atmospheric. Uh, it's worth saying, obviously, that on the other tr on the other tracks in this album, and you know straight after this track finishes, you get this kind of um, waves on the beach type mm -hmm. sound effect, which Prince uses throughout the whole album. Um, but there's no waves on the beach in this this song. This is one of the few songs on the on the whole album that doesn't have that effect at all. Um, but we do get some other effects that Prince has. I said Prince and a heart, but I forgot to mention some other stuff, which I'll mention as the lyrics come up because yeah. uh, Prince kind of goes for a very literal uh, use of sound <laughs> effects in this particular song. Mm -hmm. um, but he starts off saying solo, the curb looks like a skyscraper. Um, and then he says so high. And when he says high, he goes... I mean, he goes probably as high up in his range as he can possibly get. Yeah. Um, and then he says, the stars are under me. And then he goes, so quiet, I can hear the blood rushing through my veins. And then he finishes by saying, so low, I feel like I'm going insane. My and, guess you know, is, his, his... is that line as Prince's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, uh, the yeah. first three are probably David Henry Wang. Solo, I'm, I feel like I'm going insane. My guess, that is all Prince. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's and the thing is, within the song, which, you know, like I said, it's, it's a shade under four minutes. That's about the first kind of minute of the song. And it's just Prince uh, by himself with, you know, a lot of echo on his voice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I like the I do like the phrasing, you know, like the whole, you know, the curb looks like a skyscraper, you know, the, mm -hmm. you know, the stars are under me. Like these are this is very, you know, these are very kind of evocative images. And even like the kind of I can hear the blood rushing through my veins is like, you know, this is this is kind of, uh, you know, 
very kind of descriptive. I mean, the kind of, you know, lyrics that would befit someone who has been nominated for a number of different playwriting <laughs> prizes. As Prince then gets to the next part of the song when he says, the angels, uh, they watch in wonder. This is when he decides to um, use some, some sound effects uh, on his sampler and he starts bringing in some kind of like, um, you know, kind of sound effects of, 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 uh, of lightning and thunder. And then by the time we get to him singing through the rain and the thunder, he actually has the sound effect of thunder. Thunder, literally. Um, yeah. 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 But it, I mean, you know, he's saying, you know, the, the angels, they watch in wonder when you made love to me um, through the rain and thunder, you cried in ecstasy. Um, and you know, uh, to me that, that kind of feels more like a, you know, if we're going to try and pick who did the lyrics, that half really feels like a kind of Prince thing. Yeah. Um, you know, to say, to kind of be like, you know, you made love to me and you cried in ecstasy. That sounds like a Prince boast. <laughs> yeah. Even the, the angels they watch and wonder, that's very Prince to me as well. You know, and so I, I, I mean, to me, it feels like really those four lines are the only ones that are, are kind of very Princey mm-hmm. out of everything that's in this song. Um, you know, but yes, I I mean, I I like as well. I mean, I just love the fact that he brings the thunder in as it's thundering. I mean, like, just as he says the word thunder, you get the kind of the roll of the thunder underneath. It's just, it's kind of like, it's such a kind of on the nose, cheesy touch that just kind of makes me love this song. Um, Yeah, I think it's not, I mean, it could, it would be maybe sillier in another song too, but like he's giving us not a lot here to hang on to. Like it is not a super, you know, obviously this is not a song you're going to be humming to yourself later on in the car or anything. So I think anything he does that's like a little bit goofy or generous, it kind of actually just endears you to the song a little bit more because it could definitely veer into. I, I imagine this is a lot of people's least favorite song on this album. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. There is a track earlier that's called Loose and has an exclamation point at the end. Uh-huh. And that is just a lot of Prince screaming the words uh, one, two, three, four over and over again. And then screaming the word loose, and that I don't think people are particularly keen. On uh, that that song. might actually edge this one out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and, and and orgasm is just basically Prince and Vanity um, recreating the scene from When Harry Met Sally. Um, so <laughs> how fun! <laughs> so yeah. So I, I I guess maybe this is people's third least favorite on this album. Oh, but okay. I mean, I I really enjoy this song because uh, when I bought the single. You know, this was um, this was just after the hits had come out. Uh, this is just before Prince is about to kind of change his name and all that kind of stuff is going to happen. Um, and so I heard this first as the B side for "Let It Go," and you know, when you when all you have for like a week before the album comes out is just these two songs, <laughs> and I'm just listening to them on the single over and over again. I kind of just grew to love this song quite a bit because. It's just so different from, you know, Let It Go, which is kind of a very kind of upbeat, poppy song. And then you have this kind of really weird kind of like acapella thing with, you know, sound effects and a harp. And you're like, I don't know what Prince is. I don't know what's going on with Prince here. Like, why is he so unhappy? He sounded really happy on Let It Go. And now he's he's all of a sudden he's really unhappy, like on the B side for that. Yeah, Um, it definitely it seems like a sort of meditation on being like bipolar or something with the kind of first two lines at least the sort of so high so low and then it is like one of the most just straight up tracks about kind of feeling depressed i think that i've heard from prince at least i don't know it's it's yeah i I can't think of uh too many that seems so uh 
committed to being depressing. (laughs) (laughs) I think the funny thing is as well is when he says, you know, so low the curb looks like a skyscraper. In my mind, I always pictured Prince like out on the streets. Yeah. Kind of like sleeping rough, just like with the rain pouring down after some kind of like heartache. And, you know, not not that he has no money, you know, and right. he, he like needs to sleep on the streets, but just that he's kind of punishing himself and just being <laughs> like, I have to be out here amongst the rain and the, and the thunder just to kind of, you know, fully, you know, have it match my mood. Yeah. Um, you know, in, you know, in describing this lovemaking, he says, you were so kind. I felt sorry for all creation uh, because at the time no one was lucky. And then we get this this kind of really weird thing where it sounds like it's just an echo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it might be Prince just singing it again, but very quietly. <laughs> and I can never quite tell which is which it is. But then we get the no one was lucky. And then we hear it a third time. But this time it's obvious that it is Prince singing the line again hmm. when he says no one was lucky as me. And, you know, so I, obviously, you know, there's there's there. There's a kind of implication that whoever this person was that was crying in ecstasy uh, as these angels were watching them make love is now no longer, you know, maybe with Prince. Um, and you know, while he was with them, he was lucky, and now you know, he's feeling low. Like I don't think that there's a, the strict narrative in this, but I, I guess you know I have to kind of fill in the blanks myself, and kind of be like, well, you know, what is the situation? You know, what's he talking about? You know, who's this other person? Although of course, in the next line, he immediately says, "Now you're gone, and I just want to be still." And you know, so silent, I'll just let my senses sleep. Uh, again, that doesn't feel like a pr- that doesn't feel like a Prince couplet. That feels feels more like it's in keeping with the first few lines. Prince is kind of, um, or David Henry Wang, whoever is writing the lines, yeah, is very clearly painting this picture of someone who was, like we said, you know, very high, and you know, talk of ecstasy, and then now they're they're so low that basically they just want to they just want to be asleep and they don't want to kind of think about anything. Yeah, I mean that's again like just sounds like a very I don't know. It sounds like being being super depressed, too. It's like that. Just I just want to sleep. I just don't want to even deal with anything. Um, yeah. So I, I thought again, I was actually kind of like I went on a real journey with this song because <laughs> <laughs> when it started and it was all acapella, I was like, oh, I do not know about this. Like I was just <laughs> like, oh, boy. And then the harps kind of actually probably the thunder was the first thing that kind of made me giggle and i was like all right okay this is kind of silly i'm i'm i'll i'll stick around and then by the time those harps kicked in i was like very much on board it's worth mentioning as well that when he's singing the no one was lucky and the kind of the echo of that the harps are playing like a really dissonant chord yeah and and they do they do not resolve until prince kind of goes into the next couplet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's some kind of interest. It's not like Prince has kind of gone a cappella and then all of a sudden he's put these like happy upbeat chords underneath on the harp. He's like the music itself is very kind of interesting and and kind of, you know, I wouldn't say challenging because I don't think that like a four minute Prince song about being so low can really be that challenging. But he does try out some kind of interesting things where uh, maybe the kind of dissonance is, is there to kind of reflect the mood of the song. And, uh, you know, it really kind of, like you say, it kind of the acapella. I mean, I personally could listen to Prince just sing acapella for hours. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think the kind of the harps gives it an extra thing, because obviously Prince's voice, you know, you can only you can only kind of um, without chords underneath the voice. 
you can't really tell if someone's really in a major or minor key. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell from certain notes and certain kind of cadences, um, but it's only once you start to add chords underneath something that you can really kind of get an idea of, of whether it's major or minor. And, you know, the dissonance that comes underneath, you know, from the harp and, and so, some of the chords, which are, are kind of clearly minor chords, mm-hmm. it really kind of does enforce the kind of, um, you know, like we say, the kind of uh, the aspect that it's a it's a kind of meditation on depression. The production on that and the, the harps. And again, I when you pointed out that they're probably synths, that was something I didn't think of until this morning when I was <laughs> thinking about the song again, because I was kind of a ima- I, I didn't look at you know, the notes yet of, of who had performed on this track. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure this sounds like a prince solo maneuver like he's going to do this all by himself like this definitely for a guy who is notorious for that i can't imagine he got anyone help one's help and i had the same thought like i'm sure this is a synth like prince does not just wheel in a harp right but you know i they they did the job i always thought of them as harps so i never thought of them as a synth uh in the moment but uh the thing they remind me of actually is a lot of like bjork production which has a lot of like really strange like harps and things that are not necessarily like they're kind of doing something else than what she's singing you know like there there's a lot of these sort of sounds that are kind of bashing against each other um and you're kind of just left to deal with it in some way and so that was i really loved that so that was one of the first things i thought especially like bjork's last album which maybe does this more with like flutes than harps but i think she's really great at using sort of pretty sounds in ways that are like not always so pretty and also um are are fighting um our expectations and also almost like working they're not just supporting a melody or something they're doing this whole other job and that's kind of what i felt like the harps were doing here too um and prince sings it's gonna be so hard to hear my voice if i ever learn once more to speak again that doesn't sound like a princey type lyric that sounds a little bit more uh david henry huang and then he goes i'm so lost no one can find me and i've been looking for so long uh but now i'm done i'm solo solo <laughs> my name is no one uh, yeah, I mean the thing is as well is I'm really shortening it out because on the find me he really hangs on to that art oh yeah just keep he, like, it goes on for like uh, the way I said the lyrics it makes it sound like they're all equal but when he says no one can find me that the word find lasts as long as him singing and I've been looking for so long yeah <laughs> like you know, he really kind of speeds up the next line. And it's the amount of time his search party has been out looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess that's another thing that makes me kind of think of Prince kind of like lying in the gutter covered in rain because <laughs> the idea that people are trying to find him. Um, and when he sings that, that's, you know, the final solo, he kind of, he really holds onto that O and kind of goes all over the, the place before it. And then he kind of finally kind of sings almost kind of quietly. My name is no one, uh, which, like I said, feels like a really kind of deliberate reference to the fact that he's changed his name. It's funny because I did not I I did not think about that at all, too, because I just wasn't thinking about the time frame of it when I heard it that, oh, uh, this is right you know, around the same time as that. So to me, it actually struck me as really more funny on the level of like it sounds like the most it's presented as like the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to Prince, which is that his name is nothing like that. He's he's I am not known for anything. Right. Um, so that's yeah. how I interpreted it, uh, which was similarly like not 
a great look on him. I felt like it's either way. I don't think I think it's kind of funny. Like if you're I took it because I always in my mind, at least paint Prince as sort of this kind of arrogant character that anytime there's a lyric that is like, oh, and and I would be nobody like that just strikes me as really funny. <laughs> but, you know, it it sounded sincere to him like that. The fear was real when, <laughs> when he says that. Yeah. I, and I mean, the, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, the, the single that this was included on Let It Go, which, you know, I'll talk about more about in the next episode, because obviously that's the next track on the album. Um, you know, that was actually, you know, relatively successful. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of charted in a few countries. Um, I remember it being, you know, a mild success over here. Um, you know, it hung around for a few weeks in the Billboard Hot 100 for, you know, 14 weeks. That's not bad for a single. Yeah. Prince, at the time, he was he was going through this dispute with Warner, so he wasn't promoting anything that had the word Prince on. He would only promote stuff that had, you know, the symbol attached to it. So he wasn't doing any promotion for this album. He wasn't doing any promotion for that single. And yet, you know, they still managed to do quite well. Um, you know, complete with the extremely moody pictures. This is why it makes me think of, like, kind of emo Prince. Um, because on the cover you have him with you know his his little kind of cane over his back and his <laughs> yeah. hair is all tousled up and he's kind of looking in the camera and it's all done in black and white and you know he's around you know all these pictures were kind of taken around Paris and he just looks like really miserable <laughs> and kind of petulant you know so yeah when you reach a line like and my name is no one you're like oh give it a rest Prince you right know? right um, in about you know six or seven other songs that are coming up in the next few albums he's constantly saying to people what's my name and they can't say anything because obviously his name is an unpronounceable symbol um so he starts to really kind of play on that um in some songs so this is kind of the first instance of him actually kind of making a public reference to his name change um but i mean interestingly enough for this song david henry huang actually kind of recalled you know his conversations with prince as if they happened after he changed his name Uh, but the recording dates make it so that it was actually done before he changed his name so you know it's possibly just uh it's possibly just him kind of mixing up the recollections of when this actually took place for me um just because i mean i, I think the thing is i've kind of lived with this song for so long right and you know i had an affection for the fact that it was like you know the second song that i heard off this album mm. like i have a certain affection for this album which i think a number of prince fans don't have because this is kind of at the point where Prince started to kind of publicly embarrass Prince fans by doing this weird thing of writing slave on his cheek and kind of just behaving in a way where you're like, you know, you don't want to really be known as a Prince fan because he's just kind of acting in this really bizarre way. Yeah. Although, you know, in the end, he was kind of proved right. And now, you know, most contracts are in favor of the artist rather than in favor of the record company. So, you know, in the long term, he was correct, but he just looked like a little bit of a fool for a couple of years. Yeah. Um. So for me, this song is a four out of five, but that's just because I feel because I have some affection for it. And because, you know, over the last kind of like 20 something years, the fact that he does that kind of so high and he goes really high up in his range. <laughs> like, I mean, I just I, that also, though, to me, that's sort of like, OK, I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, but it is like, well, of course he does. And of course, he says so low as like low as he possibly <laughs> yeah. can. Like, 
I mean, it is not it does not take a genius to come up with that. Um, yeah, but I just I just love touches like that. I love the so low yeah. being sung really low. I love the so high going really high. I like that thunder comes in when he says thunder. Oh, I love that. And then he finishes <laughs> and then he finishes with like an oblique reference to his name change. Like I just love all these kind of weird little on the nose elements. <laughs> um, and I also just love the story behind the song as well. The fact that like he got this poem faxed to him. And then he just, a few days later, all of a sudden in the post is this cassette with a fully finished song. And then David Henry Huang is like, oh, yeah, you're going to be on this album. And he's like, wait, what happened? Like, I just love the kind of the fact that Prince is, is one of those people who's just like, yeah, I've recorded a song based on that poem you sent me. It's going to be on my new album. It's the B-side to my new single. Like, and all the time, David Henry Huang is like, where were we working on a musical? What, I've lost the thread of what's going on here, Prince. But you yeah, know, I just kind of I love I love everything associated with the song, though. Obviously, I, I think some of the silliness stops it from being a five out of five for me. But I don't know. So to me, the silliness probably brings it up a little bit from where I would start <laughs> out at, because like, I, I don't know. I'm having a real hard time, like coming up with a number rating for it, because I, I have two different thoughts about it, which is like. What do I think about this as like a self-contained song, which would maybe be a little bit lower? Um, but then what do I think about it in the context of an album or even songs like this? And then I want to give it a higher score. So I'm, I'm going back and forth between a three and a four myself, actually, because I think as a song, I think it's kind of a three. Like if you just were like, listen to this. But then. I, I really appreciate when people put songs like this on albums that are just sort of out of the blue, these weird, more experimental things, because a lot of times they are your introduction to other types of music um, and get you to sort of think differently about music. Um, and so... I mean, I always end up liking those songs on albums. I kind of joked earlier that I said, I'm sure this is a lot of people's least favorite song on this album. But um, I meant that actually in sort of like because I always love those songs. And I know I've spent most of my <laughs> life going hearing people say, oh, God, I hated that song on that album. And I went, what? what? That was my favorite song because I just have like completely weird tastes. I don't know. I'll, you've talked me into a four um, because of all of my now all that baggage I'm bringing to it. But yeah, it started out. I also like that I, I started out going like, I do not know about this song. And then <laughs> I like that it brought it pulled me in. And by the end, I was like, actually, this is a song that feels like kind of tailor made for me in some ways, you know. So um, it's the kind of weird stuff I'm, I'm into. So, yeah, I, I, I'll give it a four, too. And I mean, uh, I should go without saying no one's ever bothered trying to cover this song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine. At the same time, you know, if you search on YouTube for solo, you're probably going to find a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, and it's like there's even uh, the Frank Ocean album that came out last year has a song called Solo on it that yeah, plays makes the it same hard to find stuff. Yeah, and it also plays the same verbal, you know, word game of solo, which I'm sure yeah. they the two of them are probably not the only ones who stumbled upon that, <laughs> I'm guessing. So a little yeah. lucky uh, lucky effect of the English language. <laughs> the only known performance um, of, of this song is on the 6th of May 1994 um, at uh, Le Bataclan in Paris um, and Prince it, like basically did it you know kind of as a spoken thing and that was it that's the only performance anyone ever knows of this song um, you know he just kind of 
uh, before he kind of launched into another song, he just kind of sang it, and then people were just like, "Oh, wait there, that's that song." And then it was too late because he was already, <laughs> you know, he was already into the next song. Right. But yeah, so I mean, you know, I I wouldn't have expected Prince to have kind of performed this, you know, on the regular because it's just such an odd song, and I don't know that there's anywhere in his set that it could fit. Yeah, it would, and also bring a concert to a grinding halt. <laughs> <laughs> with it also being such a kind of very specifically, um, you know, kind of like solo thing for Prince to do. Yeah, you know, at this particular time he had no band. Uh, once, once he got after the greatest hits, he'd kind of disbanded. You know, anyone who was touring with him, um, he was still touring. But he, you know, the band that was touring with him was mostly a touring band. They weren't really in the studio. I think by the time you get to this point, it's like, well, this is a song that Prince just recorded by himself late one night, and performing in a concert with a band just standing there like doing nothing, or you know, coming in with some kind of you know harp synthesizers. It just doesn't feel like a song that could really kind of be interpreted by the band, you know, no. and kind of bring them in, which is something that Prince would do with a lot of his songs. You know, like, um, I mean, you know, Sign of the Times is an album that's mostly solo Prince. Uh, but, you know, when it was performed by the band, he really kind of had them kind of do elements that he'd done himself in the studio. You know, this is just Prince and a, a harp synthesizer. There's not really anything extra that they could kind of add. Um, so anyway, I feel like we've said about as much as can be said about Solo. Mm-hmm. So, which is not, uh, you know, related to the upcoming um, film from uh, from Disney, uh, which I, you know, I feel like they've missed an opportunity. They could have had this. <laughs> they could have had this playing underneath one of the trailers, but uh, you know, I can't imagine why obviously. they didn't go with that. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with them? <laughs> Uh, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Russell Irig. Um, and also uh, check out my podcast called Art Palace. It's produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. And I have different guests on from different walks of life who uh, come to the museum with me. And we look at art together and talk about it in a fun and casual way. <laughs> and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us. I don't know why you would at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com Thanks once more for being my guest here, Russell. Anytime. And otherwise, goodbye. I love you.